Hi everyone, uh, this is just a quick note to apologise really, uh, we've had a number of technical difficulties when recording this episode, so unfortunately we'd had to resort to the Discord audio at times, but apart from this drop-in quality, there won't be any other difference, it's still us guys. With that being said, uh, I hope you enjoy the show, and take care. This is Jack. Hey, I'm Damien. This is Karen. You are listening to the Think Breaks podcast. Episode five, and um, we have some. Well, you know, if you notice, the room's a bit quieter because Jack is not in. He's not in. I know. Man's taking care of business, but yeah, while while Jack is away, we are we've got uh, the lovely Toby back again. It's like he's Welcome. never left. Yo yo, I'm yo, sure you're Toby. all sick of me by now. Welcome. <laughs> oh, Thank it's you good for to have you coming back, back onto the show. We appreciate that. Uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Love you, man. Fucking a. Sweet. So Cubase. Yeah, yeah. Cubase. So, Damien, you're moving into it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, on a side note, that was hilarious. When I was asking for tips in the Discord, I was like, nobody? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's cool, man. I like the mixing console on it because it's, like, fully customizable. Like, down to the smallest thing, the way it looks, the way, uh, you know, of course, coloring and shit like that. But... The thing about Cubase is, is that it has, you know how, I, I don't know if it's like every doll. Does every doll have like a package selection, like the basic, and then the more you pay, like the better the package is for the doll? Um, like FL, FL Studio? Do, yeah, FL does, deal. you know, you get more in-house plugins if you pay more, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's like, I think the final version is like the all signature, like the signature, and then there's like the all plugins bundle for Fruity Loops. That's it, yeah. I think Logic has a similar thing as well. Is, does sure Pro Tools will have that, or is Pro Tools just straight up? I think Pro Tools is straight up. Like five hundred bucks here in the U.S., I think. Yeah. Um, but Cubase has that whole that style. Like you buy either the basic package, or you know, you get a little more advanced. And it seems after looking at, like, you can com- compare the. Uh, you can compare the different packages on their website, steinberg.com or whatever. And it seems like the only way really to go is to just buy the fucking pro pack because it just offers exponentially way, way more than even this, like the second to best package does because the, like there's a lot of limitations on the basic package. You can only make like I last night I was trying to make a template because I feel like I work better when I have like the the basic foundation down, and I don't feel like having to add this this and that again over and over again when I add, when I start a new project. Because I just know my workflow. I know how I'm gonna work. Yeah. And when I try to make a whole, I usually like to make a group track of, or I guess in Cubase it's like folders of like 15 drum groups, 10 different bass groups, and the rest would be like miscellaneous things that would make up the chords or Foley or anything like that. But I tried doing 15 in a folder of the drum group and that worked. And then I tried to do another, uh, grouping and I couldn't do it. And then that's when I realized, Oh, okay. So it limits how much you can group. I thought that was bullshit. 
Ah, uh, yeah, right. that is that's not that's not good, really. Yeah. No, because there shouldn't be limits to anything, really, is there? No, it's. I thought it was magic because I don't feel like dropping another four hundred dollars to to <laughs> fucking get the pro version. Yeah. I suppose a way to look at it is it is a kind of long-term investment for your music yeah, as well. Yeah, that is true. Exactly. That's true. Mm. That's true. I mean, it is kind of like that with FL2. You don't get all, like, there's some, I don't even think you get Edison in the beginning. Do you get Edison with a basic package of FL Studio? I don't believe you do. I think that's for the next package up. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're a producer, it's like you, you got to buy the best version. Yeah, the one that's most suited to you. Know, do your research, see what's on yeah. the market. I mean, I wouldn't have started learning Cubase if I guess it started off with wanting to learn like hardware emulated plugins first, because I would love to work in a stu uh, recording studio one day. And a lot of those analog or a lot of those hardware emulated plugins like emulate actual hardware. So I figure, you know, when I get a head start. Yeah, exactly. Good way of looking at it. And then I was like looking at different dolls. I'm like, you know, which one looks like really sleek or professional? I'm not saying FL Studio doesn't look professional. I think it has like the best UI in any doll like ever. It's got like very intuitive. It's got a like, very user friendly <laughs> UI, I think, compared to others. Well, yeah, and it looks good on the eyes. Like it looks like it's appealing to the eyes. Yes, yeah, I see what you mean. And it's just customizable enough with Fruity Loops. But I looked at Cubase and I noticed that it was like uh, like emulating like you know old mixing like an analog mixer. And I was like, you know, this is kind of fucking sick. I like that. So I just went with Cubase. It was either that or it was gonna be Pro Tools, but I didn't feel like dropping five hundred bucks. Yeah, Money I think Pro Tools is probably a lot. Not I was gonna say harder to get your head around, but I don't really mean it in that kind of a sense. It's it's just intricate. You yeah, got a lot yeah. more to work with. For some reason, I picture not being able to be as creative to begin with on Pro Tools, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. Because it's yeah, just so... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard, a hard one for me to explain. I, that's how I'm feeling with Cubase. I can't fucking make anything. It's not because I can't make it. It's just because I need my templates. Yeah. I need my organization. I need it to look... Yeah, yeah. I feel limited, even though, like, I guess I'm not. It's just... I need that shit to be able to make music for me. I know my flow. We all, like any producer, any artist, they know their workflow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they've probably spent years, months just refining that workflow. So it's music. Exactly. Like so tweaking much it. Yeah, like tweaking it, taking certain like bits that you will never have to really do. Like once, like for instance, I put my kick and my snare, I route it to a mono bus. Like, it'll be a, uh, well, not a monobus. I'll route my kick to another, like, its own little bus that's only going to have the kick back on it for mono. And all it is, is it has a stereo plug-in that makes the kick mono no matter what. And I do the same thing with the snare. Because some snares and some kicks have, like, weird panning issues on the top. This is end. very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I always route them shits to a mono channel. And I don't even know how to route anything yet in Cubase. It was, like, really fucking confusing, man. I mean, you got to put it in an actual send. It's just the whole yeah. thing. I mean, essentially, learning another DAW, it's almost like learning a new language, really. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking is, yeah. man, for sure. It really is. It's the, it's the workflow. And, you know, I was watching a great video last night because 
I was genuinely intrigued. Have you guys ever heard of like this uh, this argument that different dolls that sound different? Oh yeah, that and that is a hundred percent. So the when I was I was watching this video last night and he. I forget the guy's name, but he had one of the best explanations for this. So the way he said it is, look, your end product, it is going to sound different, but not for the reason that you think it is. Every Dolls don't produce sound. It's just it's like this thing that signals go through. There's just no sound that is produced by the actual doll itself. However, he did say that because each doll forces you to work in a different flow, that your end product is going to sound different because you're forced to work in a certain type of flow. Okay, yeah. That's I a good way of that. putting it, I think. That's a very good way of putting it. And I, I can see it with Cubase already. <laughs> it's it's like a pain in the ass. It's daunting, but I figure, you know what? No, this is good. This is good. You know, learning a new doll, I mean, it may not be something you switch over to, but I feel like it's it look good on a resume. Yeah, give it a few weeks, and I think you'll be able to just do at least the very minimal of what you'd like to do. Yeah, it's just those little tips, those little shortcuts, those little tricks that you it's, learn. it's almost like moving to a new city in a way, right? Like, you're used yeah. to knowing where all yeah. your favorite like bars what... are, where all your, like, routes to Ex work and stuff, and then you move to a new city, have to relearn all those things. But eventually, you get yes. used to it. Yeah, and it becomes second That's nature. That's actually a great analogy. That's exactly how it feels. Like, oh, you get to a new city. Where's the fucking pizza <laughs> yeah. shop, man? Woo, right. pizza shops, yeah. <laughs> True shit, man. You guys ever done anything like that? Like, attempted to work on, like, another doll or even, like, a friend's doll or something? Um, so, I did. Uh, so, I'm mainly on FL. And um, when I went over to meet Deflect and Arcus uh, back in November, I had to use Ableton because that's what mm. they use. And... Um, mm. For like the first three or so hours, I was just like, uh, what do I do? How do I duplicate <laughs> things? How do I copy and paste? Oh, but then yeah. the next day, because I stayed with them for the whole weekend, the next day, like I knew what I was doing on Ableton. It just, you know, you take some time to just pick it up. And um, mm -hmm. by the end of it, like, I knew how to pitch things down. I knew how to arrange stuff. So, um, yeah, it's all about just taking the time to see the differences and i guess it helps having someone who's next to you who knows ableton like the back of the oh hand. yeah that is true yes kind of like how producers will always have a or at least usually have like an engineer in the room when they're recording an album or something for a band yeah and there's always like you can always just learn from that person as well exactly what about you toby anything like um, that before honestly i i've pretty much used logic pretty consistently uh, for a for a long old time, I have used Ableton on the odd occasion just for collabs, but I've usually let the person that I'm working with to kind of take control almost, just because I don't know, like I didn't want to slow down the flow of you know what I mean of the work rate and stuff, and I was just happy just to put in ideas and whatnot. You like to work off but, of like like the energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it is something that. I think all producers should probably do, and it's something that I do want to do and just learn a lot more DAW. It's just daunting. You look at it and you're like, yeah. fuck. But sometimes you need to you need to put yourself out of that comfort zone. You do. Because that's the only way that you will grow as a... As an artist. As a producer and an artist, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely, man. It just it looks good on the resume. And if you do want to take that, that to the next level and 
like your product or not even just production if you want to do mixing mastering recording to the next level and, a, and you let a studio uh, know that yeah dude i can fucking work in ableton logic pro tools fo you name yeah. it well going back to what you said about pro tools earlier like that is pretty industry standard it is yeah it is so knowing pro tools if you want to genuinely get into some sort of like of a audio career do you know what i mean within whatever within tv just whatever you will probably want to know pro tools right yeah, yeah. absolutely from from what I understand, a lot of record, well, a lot of like uh, schools that are catered around like engineering or, or production or anything like that, like Pro Tools is what they're using. Yeah, it's 100%, like percent. Yeah, just the from what I heard, it's just got the best recording capabilities. That's what they try and push on us at my university, anyway. Just use Pro Tools for your own product. I uh, it's yeah. can so I've never even you I've only seen people use Pro Tools. It's just like a straight up white ass screen, and I have yeah, no <laughs> idea how to fucking it's, use that. Yeah, it's not the most user friendly of like programs. I'm sure anyone listening who does know how to use it would oh, be like, oh blasphemy, blasphemy. Yeah, yeah. To I mean, me, when I first see it, it's just like, bro. I, I mean, but you can't deny. There's that's one thing that it's like playing a video game. You can't deny that graphics look good. That the UI is either good or bad. I do yeah. think that's something that the I know there needs to be a compromise, but I do think that it, like the programmers, everybody on that side of working on these DAWs, they do got to understand that. You know, having a good user interface can really speed up the flow of working. Completely. And it'll, keep, it'll get more people into the product because they'll be like, oh, this is easy to jump into. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let me yeah, drop yeah. that $500 on Pro Tools. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to go back to... Um, I think it was Toby who said about artists um, growing as an artist. And um, we actually got a question in from one of our members on the Discord server. That's Jake. Shout out to Flickr. And yes. Yes. Good guy too. Real good guy. And he said that um, he's been listening to Workforce's podcast called Must Make. And um, got a question from that podcast that he'd like to ask us, which is simply, what does success look like to you? <sighs> Anyone to start That's on a that? great question. Yeah, really good question. Um, I, I actually, you know, I have been thinking about this. I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately. I, success for me is to be able to live comfortably. Yeah. Period. That's Simply my. Enough. That's to me. That's success. And if I can live, if I grow as an artist and I could live comfortably, what I'm, what I would to love to do, is to work in a recording studio even if it's not my own music i just i just want to be in that environment and work it all the time nine to fucking five monday through friday i would i would i mean that's not how exactly that kind of profession works but uh that would be something i would love doing i, I mean you don't got to pay me much at all i just love the environment i love doing that shit that for me will be the peak of any success i ever make yeah i like that i like that yeah, I mean, for me, music is more of a, um, it's more of a side thing because, um, you know, I work a day job and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. since for me, music is more about like on the artist side of things as K2T or Kanum or whatever alias I'm using. Um, it's more just uh, people enjoying the music enough that I can carry on making it. I don't like the, the money side of it doesn't really affect me as an artist. But right. as long as I know that there are people, <laughs> bless you, that there are people out there that, listen to like k2t tunes that's enough for me 
Right on, brother. Right on. That's a humble yeah. approach. Uh, for, I mean, I mean, for the label side, you know, knowing that we've got people who jump into my inbox, like really talented people as well, just saying, look, I'd like to send something for your label. Yeah. That's enough for me as well. Yeah, I guess that, that's got to feel yeah. good for sure. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll just get something from an artist I respect a lot. And then they'll send me something and it's amazing. And I'll be thinking, oh my God, you made that to send to us specifically. That's really... That livid cheese tune, let me tell you, bro. Oh, let's not get into that tune. That's a big, big tune. But it's like I'm not here for self-promo, so... Uh, but hey, I'm going to fucking... <laughs> yeah, I will promo it for you, dude. I mean, oh, that fucking you. tune is nuts. But that's it. <sighs> exactly. When you get an inbox from an artist you've never heard of as well, and they send you something that blows you away... Even that for me is just like that's such an amazing feeling that they thought, you know what? Let me think about this detached audio label and send it to them. Yeah, I can see that a lot, man. Fucking hey, well, congratulations, especially to all the artists on that album. It's gonna be a solid, solid release. Thank you very much. Thank you. It means a lot. Truth. What about you, Toby? What are you, Success. Toby? Yeah, so mine's pretty much a combination of the both of yours, I guess. Just with a bit of a twist on it. Um, Ooh, Steven fucking Spielberg over here. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, like, my idea of success for myself is just, like, happiness within myself, happiness with what with what I'm doing, the music yes. I'm making. Yeah. Exactly. Um, honestly, like, money is great. Money is nice. Uh, you need that security. That's obviously a given. But, like, those, like, high levels of success to me just seem like more of a bonus to my life. I would never put that over my own personal, um, do you know what I mean, happiness and kind of gratitude for what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially that's it, really. I see that, man. It's like, because once you get big, it's kind of like, well, what do you really do? Yeah. Like, you you, you just try to stay big, essentially, is what, it ha- is what happens. But then, it's kind of like you become a company. Again, being big, in quotation marks, is very subjective. So yeah. some people it's might about, think being big yeah. is selling out stadiums all the time. Mm-hmm. Other people might think being big is just making even like one pound in terms of profits. Yeah. That'd be, damn, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I got a pound, man. It's fucking crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, one pound. Whoop. Look at my dollar, <laughs> bitches. And go straight to the pound store. Sorting. I am. Uh... Hell, you can yeah, get your four good, weeks of shopping good, there, mate. <laughs> that's a good outlook, man. I, uh, you know, to just be comfortable with what you're doing. I mean, like, I've spent a lot of my time kind of worrying about what I'm doing. And the way I look at it now is, what does that do for you? Yeah. Realistically, it doesn't do it. It's not going to get you any bigger. It's not going to get you any further. So if you just find your success within your own happiness, then that's it, right? Yeah, you've made anything. Yeah, anything else that you do is just going to be a big plus, and it's just going to make your life that bit better than it already is. Exactly. Sorry, throwing a bit of deepness on your (laughs) eye. I know. Yeah, no philosophy. (laughs) Let's do this. All right. And then you can probably look back on your music like ten years after, even maybe when you start when you've quit the scene and just been like, you know what, I'm still proud of that tune I made. Exactly. Well, I always think of it as like imagine. I know it's a weird thing to say, but imagine you're on your deathbed, and you look back at your life. And you think, I've made lots and lots of money, but did I make all that money doing... Something I love. Oh, yeah, exactly. 100% what I felt each and every time that that is just like, I'm 100% happy with that. 
But if you're on that same deathbed and you're looking back and being like, everything that I have done, I, you've done for myself, I feel happy. Do you know what I mean? That for me just seems like more of like a success yeah. than it would be exactly having life. like, I'm going to die with all this money, but what, what, what good but, is that now? Yeah, exactly. the money's not <laughs> going to come true. with you to heaven or hell. Imagine if it did, like fucking, yeah, like a, you have to pay you at going, the gates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. When you, you got a fucking case, suitcase yeah. in your hand, walking up to the gates of heaven. Yeah, this. So we're buying in. I got a couple of thousand here in a suitcase. <laughs> I want my own room, please. Uh, can I pay another grand? Oh my god, that'd be crazy. Your fucking debts follow you into heaven somehow. Like your bank is oh sending you god. letters. Oh, that's not please. heaven, is it? I can't. <laughs> It's like, God, uh, why is maybe Federal Credit Union sending me fucking statements? What's going hey, on God, here? Why are there bills here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question, though. Really good question. I uh, I rate that one. Yeah, that was a good question. I like that. We've actually got quite a few questions and um, topics that came um, uh, in through the socials. Because I put a few messages out just to, you know, get the people talking. You know, and uh, Pop them out. Hit me. There's a few people me, that baby. pointed Go. this out to me. So um, this was about a day ago. And um, Charlie from the Discord, otherwise known as Perspective, he mentioned that um, Alex Perez put in a story, which is a bit of a rant, essentially. Mm, yeah. Um, he just wants to get us our thoughts on it. And he said, so I'll just read out what the rant says. It says, what do these DMB accounts and pages contribute to the scene? Absolutely fuck all. Reposting people's videos and content for self-gain and followers to then charge artists to feature on their page. Absolute insanity. These, whoa, people whoa. Aren't, these people aren't here to push the scene forward. They're here to capitalize. <clears throat> dash them in the bin. So so it's like yeah. a weird... So is he talking about like like faux like wannabe promo channels? Well, that's the thing. I think like he should have maybe been a bit more careful of his words there because he's almost tarnished all promotional channels with the same brush there. <laughs> that's it, yeah. yeah but I, I assume by what he means by promotional channels, it's the ones where... Um, you know, if you're a label, you're sending it to them to get your next forthcoming release just a bit more traction. So, you know, you'll yeah. often see a lot of premiere slots. Oh, on like, and YouTube. here's $5, you know, like, you know, just put it up. Here's well, $5. <laughs> not all the channels do payments, but I think some do, judging from what he said. Um, and, and he's a big name, too. So I don't know what level he's probably talking about it on a big level, too. And he might know more things than we really know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, yeah, if, especially I, someone like him who's been at the bottom and made his way up to the top as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, be, so, and being on the top for a long time as well now. Yeah, exactly. He's been about for what 12, 13 years. Yeah, he's been in the game a while. Yeah, yeah. he's been in the game a long time. That's, it's been fucking. If he, yeah, if he's talking about like channels that are going around saying, "Hey, well, if you pay me like like such and such amount of money, we'll put your tunes up and shit," or or is he like talking about like people who are like straight up like taking your shit without you knowing about it, putting it up and then making a buck off of it? Well, the second one, I don't don't think that one actually counts as a um, as a promo channel, really, because that's just essentially taking a cut from a mix or something, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, he hasn't really made it all that clear in his post that he did. <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe I don't. I I do see his point though, because there are. I do know. I do. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. uh, I mean. I've experienced it with, I mean, I'm not going to say any names, but I've experienced it yeah. with a few where I'll see, oh, this place is a good place for promo, but oh no, I have to pay this much so that they 
repost it or put a banner up or something. Fuck that. I ain't paying anything for that shit. But then, but then I, mean, I bet you wouldn't have to pay if you had that clout behind you and those photos oh, behind you. Yeah. So yeah. There's a few times where, and I think especially for the smaller labels and artists, you, of, you often could fall into that trap of, wait, should I be paying for this? And mm. some people would pay, which is probably why yeah. the loop carries on. I can see why it turns into a bit of a kind of toxic industry in that sense, to be fair. Yeah, because then it stops being about the music, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, a lot of those groups are full of people who think their shit don't stink. Who, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, think that, uh, like, uh, <laughs> I've seen some, some stupid posts of, like, when somebody comes into, like, one of those channels and starts saying, like, like they'll be like, hey, yo, listen to my shit because I'm amazing. It's like, oh, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's take it back here. <laughs> But you'll see a lot of I don't know so, the the community that we that we just joined on Facebook here. They seem yeah, like yeah. a pretty good community. Um, but I mean, then again, I'm not usually active too much on there. It's usually our Discord server that I'm active on. The thing with um, I feel like with community groups and that sort of thing is that once you start getting too many people into the group, sometimes you yeah. lose what the group was originally about i, I was about to say the yeah. same thing there so you can have a group with like you know a hundred thousand two hundred thousand people but then you might see people really trying to make a quick buck out basically and essentially um a lot of the bigger artists are within that group now and yeah those are the posts that are going to get their recognition over the smaller artists right That's and it, in yeah. a way what's the point of the group then because yeah. You go to those artist pages anyway. You know those artists anyway. So, do you know what I mean? It's That's kind of it. like a bit of a, a bit of a weird way up in my mind. So, like, I'll often see posts of people asking about, like, oh, which labels should I check out? Which ones are the best? And I'll see everyone reading off all the big labels. Yeah. But you won't ever see anyone reading off the smaller labels that are really killing it at the moment. Unless yeah, it's yeah. someone self-promoting their own label. Yeah. That's the thing. And yeah, yeah, it's not it's not us trying to be all like bitter or anything anyway as well, like to any listeners that might feel that way. But like, yeah, no, it's more of no, just uh, there's a t- I don't know. There's just I just think like if you're going to yeah, culture, I don't know, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the big artists, they're already know, man, we don't need it. We, we obviously it's nice giving them promotion, but we don't need to give them so much more like they're already killing it, man. Like, yeah, support your smaller artists, man, support your friends. But then if you think about it before the Internet. A lot of these producers were sort of killing it before the internet, so they didn't even need to use platforms to essentially oh. get themselves out there. <sighs> yeah, you'd have to move to the city where the label was and hand him a fucking demo tape. Oh yeah, the USBs and all that stuff. Or mail it to him or some shit. Yeah, like it, it's Man, old. I remember. Stuff. I remember when I first started making drum and bass when I was like sixteen, let's say something like that, and uh, I used to hand in my CDs to my local record shop. Oh, nice. oh, Newcastle, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Phobia, who who runs uh, Turbulence, the night up there. Yeah, he's one part of. Is it Chroma? I think it's. I think he's one half of Chroma now. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to send him all my uh, old demos and stuff. But yeah, those days, man, like you can't beat those kind of days. And that yeah. was before like Facebook. Obviously, Facebook was a thing, but it was before we had all these groups right. i don't think groups were a thing on facebook back then no, it was it. just like bare bones facebook yeah. right <laughs> and i think back then it was like networking was so much 
more difficult because say if you live in the middle of nowhere who yeah you network with whereas now you can just go on the internet send a demo into a label absolutely uh, there you go like i used uh, to have to get the an hour and 15 minute bus into newcastle and then walk half an hour from the bus station just to hand in that demo <laughs> see determination toby i like it yeah yeah i was, det- <laughs> I was very determined at 16. <laughs> Dude, I when I first started DJing with my buddy RJ, we'd go to different clubs to hand in our demo CDs. And looking back, I felt like such a fucking idiot. Why? Is like, that? I, because I was <laughs> handing in drum and bass to people in Virginia Beach where nobody fucking listens to drum and bass, really. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying my. I was trying my. Yeah, I'm like, please it's about let me. getting getting it in yeah. the right hands. <laughs> yeah, I was like, somebody please just let me play drum and bass around here. <laughs> Actually, speaking of um, like you know, sending out demos to get your name out there and so on, we did actually get one more question, and it's from Jack himself. So um, Jackie boy, yeah, so obviously Jack's not here, but he did also drop in a, a question, which a few people in the Discord also uh, talked about. So shouts to Josh Ransom as well as Marcel Rosfresh, who also asked the same question, but says, "Do you think, as a new or upcoming producer?" It's better to release on multiple labels so that you could increase your reach, or is it better to find a decent label and stick with them with the intent to grow and mature? That's a great question. Both. Yeah. Both. You have your you grow with one label and then you send out shit to other, but you can still grow with that one label. You find a label yeah. that you're comfortable with, you like the people in that label, you want to grow with them as a community, but you also send your shit out to other people. If uh like so, I don't so, think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So do you mean in the sense of so? Uh, let's say label A is the one that you're um, growing with. So mm-hmm. would you say you'd be making longer projects for them, like your EPs and so on? Exactly. Yeah. One track yeah. to this label. One track to the other labels. Like well, that. when well, yeah, it's kind of like uh, what's a good analogy, man? Like you'll see certain actors work with a lot of the, the same directors. A lot of the time, like Robert De Niro to Martin Scorsese, yeah. or Joe Pesci oh, yeah. to Martin Scorsese, it's you grow with the you grow with they become your friends, man, and you start to you just want to you just become friends that release music on that label, and if your friend better be damn well understanding if you want to release it on another label because you you know yeah well, that just comes that comes down to the communication as well between yourself and that label and yeah. if you've got the right kind of communication and you've built up the right kind of rapport then they'll be understanding of it of course yeah absolutely i know there are way... some oh, sorry, labels that sort of feel a bit odd when you see a name that's sort of been popping everywhere you sort of mm. think okay this person's not really loyal to any sort of label do yeah. I really want to be working with them? I'm not too sure, that sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, as a new producer, if you're releasing on multiple labels, that's the audience of multiple labels that you're reaching out. So, yeah, that's you know, point. like if, say, like for example, for Detached Audio, if I just stay with that label, I'd only be reaching out to that audience. Whereas <laughs> if I release on that label, plus this label, plus this label, that's three labels of audiences. Right. So that might not even know of the other labels, so in some sense, I feel like releasing on some labels, on multiple labels, can feed into each other. Exactly. So, Well, yeah, on touching on that, um, what I would say is a great way to probably approach it is to try and build your relationship with that one main label you really want to kind of go for and release a lot with. But then you've got 
collaborations, you've got remixes, all these other different labels. You can just do like hit someone up and be like, oh, yeah, I really like this tune, remix that. Probably come out on that label, right? Collaboration yeah. with this person, yeah. come out on some other labels. That's a great way to still have a, have a, um, do you know what I mean? Have your bond with that original label you want and the kind of trust and whatnot, but still yeah. put out other things as well. Yeah. and build that kind of growing community around you yeah and i think the best way to approach is to so i always try and do this anytime i'm speaking with people from other labels is to approach them as a friend first and then the music yeah because like there's i you know i'll often see it where you can tell someone's only come to you for to get themselves forward rather than to build, yeah, no, yeah, rather yeah. Than to build a relationship make those connections yeah and it shouldn't be about it shouldn't be about that like no like yeah, appreciate the grind. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're all artists here, right? We're all we we're all doing in the same fucking field, you know. It's not we all. There's gonna be times where maybe you're working on an album that just doesn't fit the label that you know you've become so accustomed with. You know, maybe you're making like this hardcore fucking virus label like neurofunk album. And it's just not going to go on certain labels, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not going yeah, to send exactly. a Neuro project to a Liquid label, for example. It's just not, yeah. No, like, you're not going to get fucking AMC, like, fucking hard-ass style on, like, a, you know, this, like on yeah, Celsius. That's actually a reason why I've always been a little bit, like, skeptical of literally just signing to one label in particular. Because I would feel like I'd want that label to be pretty open to my own versatility if i wanted mm, to try yeah. those kind of things like yeah. imagine you signed to a label and then suddenly you're like you know what i've been making this kind of like liquid vibe for a while i really want to start making some kind of like do you know what i mean like more techie kind of more aggressive stuff right. and then they're just yes. like nah 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 sorry that's not that, we're not gonna cut that and it's just like do you know i mean that that would yeah that would just really put a bit of a halt on your own creativity almost i i agree i mean like i said we're all artists here right and sometimes like that's why certain movies are released under different uh, like production teams. Like yeah. certain like art, mostly art movies will go on like a twenty four. Yeah. Or you know, it's just it shouldn't be looked at as a, oh you betray me or oh, you're going to them. What the fuck, man? What's yeah. your fucking problem, dude? You know, it shouldn't be like this this weird yeah. thing. No, Unless there's some weird because if it was like if if it's truly like that, there's already some sort of bad blood. That's it. Exactly that. It, there's uh, there's already something brewing there between the between the two parties i don't know <laughs> i just think that that even if you own a label and you make good relationships with your artists you do have to understand that they are artists and that they aren't going to always be on one particular label that may be like a home label for them because there's plenty of artists that have like that home label that they always go to because you know they love that label they love releasing on that label they maybe good friends with the artists that are on that label or the owner yeah but sometimes you know like i said there's just certain things that don't fucking work you know like this hard-ass neurofunk album just doesn't belong on a certain label unless yeah. that label wants to open up and they let you know that hey man we're starting to do a little bit of neuro here you mean you want to make maybe a song for us or something yeah you, you got to respect their like drive as well to want mm -hmm. to kind of create these new sounds and go That's to new it. labels and like do you know what I mean? Like, increase their presence and reach as an artist. Like, 100%, yeah. brother. So, that's something I've been um, struggling as an artist myself. So, um, 
quite recently I haven't been making a lot of drum and bass. Um, like yeah. I've, got, I've been trying to make a bit of garage and uh, hip hop and all that stuff. I won't be able to get signed to a drum and bass label with that because that's not their niche. And yeah. a lot of ways that some artists try to counteract that is to create a new alias for this sort of <sighs> Yeah, and I wouldn't agree with doing that, you know. I was going to say, yeah, was gonna yeah. like, Fuck would that, you do? Yeah. I, personally, I'm going to firmly be in the camp of one alias, any sort of genre. But there are a lot of people who do multiple aliases for one <laughs> genre each. It, yeah, I'll put it this way, right? You know, Bring Me to the Horizon. Yeah. Oh my God. Right, so dude. remember high school old, days. Yeah. Remember that old school shit. Like, I yeah, can't remember it the name sounds of the tracks, completely but, different now. Yeah. And then you look at some of their newer stuff and they've got a very much pop appeal. Like, they had one track that was literally just a pop song. Mm -hmm. It sounded more like that. Uh, is it 13 Pilots? What they called again? It's like. Yeah. 21 Pilots. That's it. And it's just like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're. Yeah. They, just, you have to adapt your sound sometimes, right? You do. You have, yeah. to, you, do. you have to be versatile. You have to make these different genre changes. But yeah. you want to still let people know that that's you. Because then yeah. people are like, oh, shit, this guy's like more than just uh, yes. making D&B, yes. right? He's like, he's got yeah. more to him than that. Or she's got more to them than that. You know what I mean? But I think that's actually a problem with the D&B scene in itself. Because um, there's often a lot of people where if you release something that's quite different to what you make, um, you'll often see fans just like, oh no, where's the drum and bass? Um, I, see what, I, see is, um, I see where you're getting at. A good I see example is of that is Ivy Lab, isn't it? Like when they made their liquid drum and bass. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that switch into halftime and everyone was like, I, uh, I, I welcome that in with open arms, but I think yeah. that's, that's just, I'm just like that. I'm mm -hmm. just yeah. very much into lots and lots of different kinds of music so i was just That's like oh it. shit something different damn you know what i mean yeah when yeah i heard their yeah. halftime bits i was just like oh my god that's awesome but i'd look in the comments and you'd see oh no no more liquid see this is the problem not with just drum and bass but in just general like it's not I'm, i don't mean a problem but it's a, it's like a negative thing that comes with purists if you get That's me it. yeah and I don't it want is. to start purists because I know some purists, and do you know what I mean? They're entitled to love like the kind of music they do, but I think there's a line where people need to start recognizing that it is quite toxic for that genre and for the artist as well, and the artist exactly just to be that and the label just to be that kind of persistent with it, right? Yeah, like imagine being the artist and trying to put out something different, and you just see all sorts of hate in the yeah. inboxes and all that. And that's not on. Yeah, that's not. It's not what you want. Yeah, I. It's well. Don't tell an artist what to do, right? Don't tell them how that's to make it, their yeah. shit. Like that's You're more than welcome not to like. Yeah, it. the clues in the uh, name. Yeah, right? like, artist art. It's a form yeah. of art, man. It's a form of expression. You're expressing yourself. It's Let like, them express themselves. Yeah, it's an extension. It's like. It, when you're making some form of art, you're showing an extension of your personality, an extension oh, truly, of yourself. Truly. And a side note, I believe you do the same exact thing when you're building yourself a studio. Anyway, but you know, back on topic, I think that you cannot like if I were to make uh, if I were to go like out of nowhere and start making rock music. I, I, well, actually, you know, I probably wouldn't be Enoch for rock music. I'd probably just be in a fucking band. Anyways, if I was if I were to just start making any other kind of music as Enoch, like if I were doing hip hop, if I was doing like some fucking house music or like some dark techno and I still went as Enoch, 
it should be sort of, uh, and this is for anybody that would do that. It should be a respectable thing too, right? Because if you expect, if you already know that artist is producing good quality with their standard form of music that they make, you can expect that you're going to probably get some sort of okay quality out of this new shit that they're going to make. That's it. Yeah. That's probably like the one thing I want as an artist is like if someone sees my name on a track list, for example, I want people to think, oh. He's got a new tune, but I have no idea what it's going to sound like. But I know it's right. going to sound good. Yeah, D- dude, it's like it's like like the best thing you can get out of music when someone has no idea what to expect from you, but they'll know it'll be good. Well, it's like a uh, a screenwriter who writes an action movie and then writes a romance. Yeah, I was going to say this earlier. Actually, it's very similar to that. Like you see directors slash writers that'll be known for writing a particular way and then they'll write a different way and like it'll trigger a lot of people and like of like the fan base and whatnot but it's just you gotta let them do their thing man go into yeah and i think even if you go into different genres and stuff there's still going to be that touch of like you as an artist that they'll recognize from the stuff there is there is there is that workflow it's that style you know like okay i see like maybe you're known for that gratuitous violence and it somehow makes it makes its way into the drama the drama flick you're making or some yeah every you're gonna notice like there's certain things like oh no that's that's that guy you know you know that that artist yeah even though it's different it's still done basically mm-hmm. that was a good ass question we've had a load of them today right what yeah, yeah you got any more i know you said we had a lot i like that. i mean i've only got one more but it's not related to dmb but it's That's fine. Oh God! Oh, oh God. What, what? And uh, Send it. They, uh, and we'd we probably got? have to give a bit of um, explanation for you, Damien, as well, since this is more. Oh dear. But mm. um, so I put a message on the Instagram, and I got a message from my sister. Actually, so shouts to my hey. sister. Whoop, whoop. Uh, she on. goes by the name Kaji Blogs, and she says, "What do you guys think about the whole stay alert scenario?" So just to explain, um, so obviously with the whole coronavirus situation, we've been told to stay home. And, right, um, right. As of, was it last week, Toby, that the speech yeah, came? Yeah, it was. So as of week last... on Sunday, it was. Okay. So as of last week, the um, so the prime minister came and spoke and they changed the stay home <coughs> message to stay alert. And um, basically I... said, go back to work. Yeah. Stay got... So she just wants to get our thoughts on it. I don't know. So what is that? Like you guys are opening the country up? Or? Yeah, so essentially more, uh, I don't know, not not exactly, but things are kind of almost like back to normal. And I think the main issue that's really come with it is because they've put it in that kind of a way, it's created a lot of confusion um, and especially confusion between class and stuff. So essentially, Damien, they've sort of um, relaxed the whole lockdown rules. Right. But same also, here in America. Same. But bear in mind, guys, yeah, we the have the most very vague. <laughs> deaths. It's like... That's it. I, I thought it was the worst time to relax. I, but, I would have thought so, but, you know. Yeah, I just... For me, I'm just not a fan of... I guess, like you say, it's a bit vague. It doesn't really... I mean, I guess, you know, we can all make decisions for ourselves. Yeah. But... So... The guidance isn't quite there. It's a bit too mixed messages, essentially. So I'll be straight up. I'm not. I haven't. This is probably really dumb of me, but I haven't kept up too much. At least on, you know, America side of things, I haven't kept up too much with the coronavirus. It's usually, 
when I like I have a news app on my phone that just pops up random news things and I have one for the COVID-19 stuff. So anything related to it will pop up and maybe I'll go through it. But like here in America, we are starting to relax a little bit. Some some states aren't, some states are. Um I like I just don't know too much about how this virus actually works, unfortunately. I haven't been too educated on it. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, I I I haven't I don't know anybody personally that's died from coronavirus, and if anybody has, you know, fuck, man, that sucks, and I do truly feel bad. I really do feel bad because it's, come on, you mean, you're losing family members. That's just, that sucks. I do think, though, because I, for me personally, like, with my normal day job, I am bleeding cash, man. Like, it is fucking hard. It's hard. Like, there's a lot of people who don't qualify even for partial unemployment right now and they're just not making as much money and it's fucking tough man so i i get it when i see certain people really do need to get back to work and the way i see it is because everything's changed now right like everything's changed you know fucking masks gloves and everything i'm curious as to what the world's gonna look like after this is over but so is it is it very I, much like that in America? It's like the majority when they're out and about wearing the masks and gloves. It's exactly it. You see it everywhere. Because I see it everywhere. Just, I, I have to yeah. fucking wear that. Just saying, I went to the shop earlier. I was the only person with a mask on, man. I see, see very few people still wearing a mask these days in England, and this is the main problem. People are getting a very, very bad mixed message from our government, and they think it's all fine now. Someone said something similar to my mum yesterday in a shop. She had her mask on and they called her insane. They were like, you look like one of these gangsters just because she's trying gangsters. to stop herself from like putting herself in danger. It just seemed, it's just upsetting to me, man. I mean, the thing is coronavirus situation or not, there's nothing wrong with putting on a mask. So yeah, I know. I, I was in Japan back in 2016. Don't they do that normally over there in over Asia? Yeah, they wear masks they normally because, like, for example, if they're ill, for example, they don't want others to get It's just being a nice person, right? That's a big I mean, problem we have in the West, you know. I had a cold when I was in Japan, and even I wore a mask, and it, like no one really batted an eyelid. Like, oh my god, why is this guy wearing a mask? They They're just probably look went at about. Think, what a good person. They'll probably just went about their day. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said. This whole the whole thing, it's. It's crazy, guys. It's it really is, and I just keep praying that everybody's safe. And even if you maybe you do have if you do have the coronavirus and you're not feeling like you're you know if it's just normal for you, that's that's what I'm wanting is for like it's kind of like the flu, right? Like I because we got plenty of fucking people dying from that shit every year. That pneumonia, all this stuff. I don't know. It's a, that's a tricky question, and like I said, I'm just not very educated, so I don't want to come off as an asshole and start yeah. speaking yeah. out anything. I mean, it's affected all of us as artists as well, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, it's affected everyone. I guess man. for the smaller artists who didn't really have gigs, it doesn't affect them in terms of their musical side. Oh, just thinking, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm thinking more about the artists who sort of rely on gigs as yeah. um, their income. Such. Tell you who it hasn't affected: the richest people in the world. <laughs> I wish I was one of those fuckers right now. <laughs> I'd be yes. like, yo, Toby, Karen, Jackie, come to my mansion. Come to dude. my Let's island, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no virus here. That's what Cristiano no Ronaldo virus. did, right? He's got an island? Yeah, he just hopped on a plane and went to his island. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, 
what a fuck, man. I don't <laughs> want that shit. I'd like a whole imagine, DMB island. Imagine oh, me in that privilege. Oh, like a DMB a festival in like a private island. Oh, whoa, dude. I, you know, I'm getting flashbacks. What's that fucking... Uh, what's Isn't that hospitality fucking? in the... Um, hospitality in the... Sorry, hospitality in the beach. Um, where is that? Is that Croatia? That's pretty sick, though. Uh, Italy. Oh no, I'm thinking of Son of Base. Son of Base um, is Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sard- Sardinia. Right? Sardinia uh, for, yeah. and then um, that's it. Hospitality in the beach is in uh, Tisno in Croatia. Oh yes, yes, yes. And I always see the videos, and I just think, oh my god, an <laughs> island. But then I think I want to go for a holiday, not to rave to DMB. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's think. good to rave to DMB for a bit, but like, I like with these kind of holidays, man. It's so hot over there as well. Like. Yeah, I get I get so tied out. I get tied out as it is, man. I'm like a big guy, right? Uh, if I'm out there just raving at DMB nonstop in the sun, it's like I'm fucking work passing out. out, bro. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, going to warehouse shows, it gets so hot in there. Oh my god, it starts to smell bad too. Like everyone, like there's just must everywhere. Wet, just dripping from the ceiling. Ecstasy, yeah. sweat everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, fucking acid. <laughs> I've actually never been to a proper DMV rave in my life. Like they're I've fun, only, man. I've only been to hospitality in the park, but that's more of a festival thing, isn't it? But like a nighttime rave, nah. It's also not for me. Yeah, I know. So a guy in DMV saying that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's kind of everyone. It's, it's a culture, I, really. Yeah, it's kind of why I wish um DMV had more live events in terms of performing the music as opposed to DJing. Like I was thinking mm, about this yeah, recently. True. You're talking about like lifestyle, like yeah, actually yeah. playing the instruments or something like that. Like, camera crooked or that's exactly, vibes, right? That's Dude exactly from what they did with Atlas. Atlas. So um obviously Camo and Crooked did that uh show Atlas one, right? with um so. with Max Steiner's um orchestra. And it's a whole hour show. I think Atlas was the final tune. It was, dude. It was fucking sick. But just so I listened to that whole album, like front front to back, and I just thought, oh my god, you know, this needs to happen more. Seeing that live, right? It would be insane. Seeing that live, yeah. Like um, that's the sort of live music I would personally. Enjoy. You don't get the same. Um, you don't get the same feel and vibe as like when you're actually there hearing the resonance and the vibrations yes. themselves as well. It's like an. Like, Seeing an orchestra on that level is just something else. I would, I would love to see like if if they if Camo and Crooked went a little further and fucking straight up, like I would love to see not only just the orchestra playing. I would love to see like maybe three drummers switching out maybe after every song, fucking straight up playing the drum and bass on the drums. I think some of the the tunes in um, that album does have live drumming in it. There was a few I noticed that a bit, but other times I noticed it was Camo and Crooked uh, triggering. Yeah. Tri- oh, yeah, triggering. Yeah, yeah. Triggering, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed on the uh, video. It, yeah. it, that, so that video, I, I don't know. Did I post that in the Discord of like that live drum and bass artist? He, he was uh, fucking killing the game on the drum on the uh, oh, no. uh, drum kit. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know his name, but I, I would love to see that. With all of the instruments for, like, say, liquid, like, as orchestra or like a jazz group, and they're fucking killing it, man. I would love to see. I would sit down and just watch. I've been thinking about that a lot as well. But I feel like if you've got live, sorry, DMB as live music, so whether it's a band, orchestra, or someone just literally making the music like live right there with like loads of controllers and stuff, I feel like that would create a rise in more experimental music. 
because you don't need to follow the trends of DJable music. Yes, yeah. no, that's very true. Actually, that is very. That's a very Have you guys point. ever watched like a professional turntablist? Yeah, like yeah, contest yeah. and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, a few. These guys. So at a certain point, it gets to where it's actually live production. They're producing songs live, and because there's already turntable like if you could say you're playing a drum and bass song and you're scratching and you're adding in samples with i don't know maybe you have a tractor mixer where you can add samples in here and there you can live produce like in a sense drum and bass from just scratching and fucking around with the you know the in the inner parts of the song like the little parts of the song like maybe you just want the snare or something you, you know, can like, do that shit aspect of it they'd have the same tune and kind of like juggle it in a way and switch back and forth to like mess up the rhythm to be in more into a kind of a D&D style beat. Exactly. Like fucking, yeah. or or some people like, uh, what I forget the dude, Jeremy something, Jeremy Ellis, I think is his name, who's like a master at using drum pads live. Okay. Oh yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. producing live, like that's just... YouTube, he, I, think? I mean, have you guys, um, I think we've mentioned him on the podcast before, but have you guys heard of Spin Scott? Yes, yes, yeah. the dude does the same shit, doesn't he? Jungle. So, Spin Scott's basically a guy who's got one drum pad. Um, I think it's one of the 64 key drum pads. And okay. um, he'll literally just sit there and just jam out jungle tunes. And that means every single hit of the of the breaks are on one different button. So, you'll just see him go, pa, 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 pa. yeah, he's just like, hit him, record, loop, hit, another record, loop. It's going ham. Yeah, and, dude. Even though it's not like a massive production, it's just like one guy sitting there. Well, it's skillful as yeah. fuck to do that live and in the moment. That's some skill. You got your, I mean, yeah, you get your samples preset. Maybe, you know, it's kind of like DJing. You may wing it like, yeah, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I really like about live music. And I wish there was more live music stuff rather than just DJs in clubs. I'm with you on that one, bro. I'm yeah, with you yeah. on that one. You know, more we talk about it now, I completely agree. Like I said, seeing like an actual band do drum yeah. and bass live would be sick. Well, it's not drum and bass, but do you know Bonobo? Oh, I love Bonobo. Yeah, Bonobo as a band live is something else, man. I really want to do Well, bring it back on drum and bass. I think it was 2012 when Netsky had his Netsky live band. And yeah. Uh, I believe they had uh, their first show that they did in Antwerp that was actually live streamable. And even that was so cool. Like, I wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of the music as such. Yeah. But just witnessing the band, I enjoyed that a lot more than if I well, just tuned. I don't know if they still do it, but I swear, didn't Colette Warren start up a group that had like Lurch playing guitar? And was it, was it Hugh Hardy on drums? Lurch, holy oh, shit. Yeah. That's an name I haven't heard. It's so long. Is that still going on, that, that group that they, they I'm put not sure. I forgot. I completely forgot what they were called. Sorry if any of them are... <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, they no, they, that was really sick. And like, we need more of that. We need that. Yeah. Bring because, that back. <laughs> and that just, that just um, makes people want to do more live music. Like, yeah. just DJ tools. And it's almost so connecting to like... DJ tool, but... Yeah. It's connecting to what music's all about as well. Yeah. And like there are probably more people like me that just can't be bothered for like the rave stuff, you know. I want to go yeah, to work in the morning. You're not you're not alone uh, with that. Like, I yeah. Wanna, I want to lie in, I want to be in bed by 10 p.m. That whole rave thing, it's it's uh it really is 
it can be a lifestyle for some, but it for me, especially my buddy RJ and I, it has to be planned out. Like, okay, now we're gonna we got to plan that shit out like a month in advance, two months yeah. in advance, because it's a whole night thing. You're getting fucking wasted, or maybe you're getting high, or whatever. You're dancing your ass off. You're tired. You're sweaty by the time it's done, like four or five hours later, and then you're driving home at like three, four in the morning. It's kind of like, ugh, I fuck wants to do this. I think not, not wasted. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't drive drunk, David. Don't drive drunk. No, no, we. I don't even drink, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows here and uh, what six a.m. and imagine like the fit your favorite DJ DJing and ending at six a.m. and then you've got work the next day. Like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to plenty of nights where I've been with a mate that have like come out and then they've got work at like ten a.m. or nine a.m. next day. Troopers, man. Holy they're shit. It, man. The music, I guess. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, yeah, I would never be able to do that. But again, like music, you you will end at 8 p.m. You get home, you know, you get some nice dinner and a nice kip. I know you go to the event in a tuxedo. You're looking nice, classy. <laughs> I totally would. I totally would go in a tuxedo. Dude, it's been an hour. Holy fuck. I didn't even realize that. This shit went quick. It's time to wrap up. Time to go home. Oh, man, so much fun. This shit is... I mean, I'm still going to stay. I'll stay on for a little bit. I'll stay on for a little bit. I'm just, I'm just checking the server now. We've got a few shout-outs. So, um, shout-out to Jerome Gribbertoski, otherwise known as Tosti, who says, shout-out to my nan. Yeah. Shout-out your nan. Shout-out your nan. <laughs> And he also says, hell, Sparkles. Sparkles is our Discord mascot. So, yes, mm. hell, Sparkles. And we've also got a shout-out from Harry Ransom, who says, big up the waffles. Harry. So, yeah, shout-out to Jeroen's nan and Harry's waffles. But Harry's um, waffles. So, yeah, that's oh, good old waffle. So, yeah, that's the end of the show. Um, if anyone listening has got, you know, wants to get in touch, you can join our Discord server. The link will be in the description as always. And you can always find us on all the socials. So it will be Think Break, uh, you know, the social name and then Think Breaks Podcast, apart from on Twitter, where it's Think Breaks Cast, because they won't allow me to use Think Breaks Podcast. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the show, guys. Hope Thank you for tuning fun. in. Thank stay you safe and sound. Yeah. And, um, stay alert, right? Stay alert. Yeah, that's right. Stay alert. <laughs> wear your right. masks. Yeah, wear your mask, wear your gloves. Two meters. Wear your and listen to drum and bass. And all music. And all music. That's right. And yeah, take care of yourselves. See you